This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Well, I'm feeling a little better about the state of America right now, Josh, and let me tell you why. Because now we have uh, Whole City, which is our partner in looking at its future and flushing it down the toilet. How do you sell your best player to a league rival for 10 million pounds? It is like electing a demagogue to be your president. Yes, you're talking about Patrick Van Anhalt being sold to Crystal Palace, the the greatest rivalry in the Premier League, the Sunderland-Crystal Palace rivalry. Uh, People don't don't talk about it enough, Josh. (laughs) They don't. Uh, No, you're talking about the – well, there's – you're talking about Robert Snodgrass, who has has been rumored to move to uh, Burnley, but there's a – the new twist as of this afternoon, it'll probably be – like, by the time this podcast goes up, it'll probably be resolved, but uh, it sounds like uh, West Ham have now increased their offer. West Uh, Ham? Yeah, they're now they're now a bitter. So they're going to get the Scott of, the Scottish Dimitri Payet. That's pretty much exactly right. I mean, he's not as good as Payet, but you know, he's also not like inventing fake excuses to leave Hull, you know, or to leave uh, you know West, West Ham. So the Payet discussion is so interesting because I I know you have seen a uh, you've seen PSG perform live at the Stade de France, Josh. But I know I know precious little about French football. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't quite tell if if Payet agitating for a move to Marseille, if that what that means for him, because if if the whole deal is that he's in the prime of his career and this is the best like two years that he'll ever be, wouldn't he want to? I don't know, maybe play yeah. in another Premier League side or Mar- Mar- Mars? Yeah, maybe a, a, a Crystal Palace. I mean, perhaps he longs <laughs> for the tones of home. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, and Marseille aren't even that good in a league on this year. So yeah, that's one of my points. Surprise! Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of strange. Yeah, if it were PSG, okay, sure, that, that would make sense, right? I mean, like when Johan Kabai left uh, Newcastle for PSG, it was like, yeah, sure. I mean, that's like a great move. I, you know, you can't blame him. And uh, uh, you would know as you would know better than anyone else. Uh, Dimitri Payet is better than Johan Kabai, is he not? 
Uh, I wouldn't know better than anybody else. Uh, yeah, I think I think he is, Brandon. I'm pretty sure he is. Uh, yeah, if if just to just to put a, a fantasy spin on this, uh, if Snodgrass went to West Ham, Burnley, I, I'm not sure his fantasy value changes that much on Burnley. I mean, just given what their strategy is, which is to win, you know, every game at home one nil and you know, not lose away games so badly that their goal difference gets just like decimated. I mean, they're, they're not even trying to win on the road, really. I mean, it seems like they're trying to eke out some, some nil nils and, you know, one nothing losses and stuff like that. Yeah. It's some real nihilist stuff happening there. (laughs) They're still like a fun team. They're not a bad team to watch. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah, I don't want to paint them in a bad light. It's, I mean, they're, they're playing in the appropriate strategy that fits where the club is in this moment. And for Deich to, to keep this team up in, in the league for a season is such an amazing feat. And I wish, I wish them well. I do like, yeah, this, this is no offense to any Middlesburger fans out there, but Middlesburger, that is a bad team to watch. That is, that there's no fun watching Middlesburger. No, the burger. Uh, I enjoyed the bur- burger better when uh, it was it was a double patties, and I was eating it on Friday night. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's I, not yeah, a euphemism for. We were it. at the Breslin. We had a de- we had a delicious burger. It was much better than Middlesburger. Oh God, yeah. All right, should we should we quickly recap the events of game week twenty two before we move on to the the meat of this episode of Always Cheating? Yeah, let's let's do it. Um, we have a question right at the top of the podcast. It's from from Scott Gill, a, a regular questioner. He says, "Hey Scott, uh, hey Scott." Yeah, he says, "Is Josh cursed or unlucky?" Now, Brandon, just last week, I I I, I basically spent I, I took advantage of 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 the the forum that this podcast provides to complain of my fantasy team for about thirty minutes. Maybe 40 minutes. I felt like the whole podcast is just me complaining. It was me complaining and me making fun of Manchester City. That was really kind of the dual <laughs> role that I played in last week. It was episode. almost, almost enough to get Always Cheating <laughs> to go trending on Twitter. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, and, and yet somehow this game week was much, much worse. Uh, burning four to uh, to take out Gilfie Sigurdsson. Uh, Swansea were about to go on a terrible run of fixtures, uh, including a, an away match to Liverpool. His defenses looked more solid of late, mm-hmm. um, except they just, you know, lost two games in a row at home, uh, including today's, <laughs> including today's league cup match. Yep. Uh, so not only does he, does Gilfie Sigurdsson, I, I, I t- so, okay. So I took out Sigurdsson and, uh, and Benteke and I brought in Lukaku and, um, junior Stanislaw, uh, like Burma's fixtures a lot, like, uh, Everton's fixtures long-term, uh, quite a lot. And, um, I thought these know, were, I thought these were pretty decent transfers, Josh. I even talked to you about them on on Gmail chat, uh, on yeah. Good Chat. Uh, yeah. a couple it days. was an instant message. Yeah, and I said, I, I know things must be going bad if I'm asking you for advice. <laughs> and uh-huh. Uh-huh. and we both agreed that these, this is a because my confidence is, is is a little. It's funny, my confidence in FPL in general is hot. You know, there was there was someone uh, who sent us a direct message on Twitter and said something like, Oh, you guys should talk about your teams and, and share them every week. And I, I don't see the value in that personally. I, I, you know, to me, this, the, this podcast is a way for us to talk about, you know, trends and, uh, you know, in up in fixtures and strategy and, you know, you know, your own team can sometimes be a, a mess of, of decisions and, 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 and hunch, you know, it's, 
I don't feel like the way that my team is set up is in any reflection in the way that I think about the game in general, you know, and, and I feel like to focus on our own team, our own individual teams too much would be a disservice to people who are listening to the podcast because, um, what do they care about our teams? You know, <laughs> I'd sooner share my bank account information. <laughs> And also, if anybody ever asks me for a link to my team, it's it's readily available. I mean, if you're in any of the leagues, you can find our teams. It's not, you know. Um, but I just don't like to get too caught up in it because, you know, it's there's you know I can talk about you know the value of Andre Gray or something like that without wanting to bring him in my team for whatever reason, right? Because the way my team is structured or, um, you know, I, because I've got another move that I'm thinking about two weeks from now or whatever. But it doesn't change the strategy of bringing those players in. Right. The, the, I guess, sort of the hallmark of the Always Cheating podcast is less how our two individual teams are doing, but more our desire to um, help help serve the the discussion that's happening in the FPL community. Yeah. yeah. And to answer anyone's question, my team is doing very badly, <laughs> really, <laughs> really poorly. Uh, it, you know, it did not, it, so it totally backfired. And Sergio Aguero, uh, who I, you know, I brought in as this, as this differential, uh, you know, the ultimate differential, right? Uh, Sergio Aguero with like the lowest ownership he's ever going to have. Um, it's and, almost a gift, uh, in a way. Yeah, it w- it seemed like a great opportunity and um he he proceeded to uh to blow that opportunity big time. Um and he broke my heart, Brandon. He missed, he yeah. missed his shot in the immortal words. No, he shot moment. me in the heart with an arrow, like a <laughs> like a po- with a poisoned bow or something. So have I don't we know, actually we're close have, on Valentine's Day here, Brandon. I'm trying to tie it all together. Have we actually read Scott's question though? Is Josh cursed or unlucky? Do we have an answer for Scott? Well, uh, let's just say unlucky, cursed. You know, it's okay. It's a, it's. A, I, I'm just building up karma points for next year's team. We you have. Know, to, <laughs> I'm riding out the stretch the next sixty weeks or so. Now, uh, just to round out the discussion of of this uh, sort of unlucky run that you're going on, Josh, we have to say a special shout out to Jeff Petter and his lovely, lovely wife Deborah. They came all the way over from. Essex to visit us in New York. Not they didn't come specifically just to hang out with you and me, Josh. But <laughs> no. they uh, they made a special point to meet up with us for the Spurs City game and had a great time catching up with Jeff and uh, Debbie talking a little FPL. And they were very fortunate. They're among the they are among the only FPL always cheating listeners, apart from me, to see a very muted. What was a very muted Josh meltdown in a bar. <sighs> Yeah, well, you know there there are certain game weeks where you you know you know it's going to be a, a uphill climb the whole game week, right? You know your team is just whatever. Like a lot, you know your top defenders uh, have difficult away fixtures, and your midfielders are, you know. But I didn't feel that way this game week. I was I was actually really excited. I thought everything was set up perfectly, and you know when Gilfie Sigurdsson scored that third goal in Liverpool, not only had I transferred him out. Uh, but he also knocked me out of the Patreon survivors pool. Uh, insult uh, injury. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it felt like a real, like double blow, you know, right before the 10 o'clock matches started. And, uh, I don't know. What do I, what about your, do you talk about your team, Brandon? I, I enough about <laughs> me. I yeah, I, uh, yeah, I I've actually had some decent luck uh, over the last couple of game weeks. Uh, obviously, I was on with all the people getting the twenty one from Alonzo in game week twenty one, but I ended up with sixty points for game week twenty two. And again, it's the defense show, and Cedric Suarez, the the whipping boy of my starting eleven, 
he actually came through with the big 12 points. And I slept through this this Southampton. Uh, who did Southampton play? The Southampton-Leicester game. And I woke up delighted to, that Cedric had act, actually pulled through for me. He's, and he's not injured. He started again in the cup game uh, midweek. So I guess Cedric finally is off of the chopping block for the time being. Yeah, and, and what, okay, let's see. Fix, yeah, I mean, Swansea, West Ham, Sunderland. It's really not bad. Watford for the next five. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. I mean, they have to be riding high on the cup win. I know it's a midweek fixture where a lot of these other Premier League sides haven't haven't had one. But uh, just curious to see where he goes from here. And then Gareth McCauley, who had his own goal last week, uh, he ends up getting an assist and a clean sheet, another 12-pointer. So I was looking at McCauley. If anyone out there who owns McCauley, the own goal is is almost totally wiped away in that right. I think he, he's got now 17 points over the last three weeks. So that averages out to a little under six points per week for the last three weeks. So you wouldn't hope for anything more from a, a starting defender in your squad. No, no, you wouldn't. Um, yeah. So, I'm, OK, it was it was a good it was yeah, a good game week for you. I, I feel like there were so many weeks earlier in the season where we talked about how the defenders were just utter crap and we should just buy all 4.0 defenders. And that that ship seems to be sort of turning around midway through the season. So I think we're going to talk a bit, but a, a bit about this more later in the pod about what to focus on heading toward looking toward the end of the season and maybe it's defense. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, my two clean sheets were, were two of the bright spots, uh, in, in, in my team this week came week too. So, um, all right. So because of all this, Brandon, I think a lot of people are, are I, I know just given what I'm seeing on Twitter, I mean, it's, it's, you're kind of seeing like, it's very polarized right now. I feel like, it, like things are breaking away. There are people who have, you know, Macaulay brunt, Alonzo, et cetera, who are having these, you know, phenomenal, you know, hundred point game weeks and, you know, 70 point game weeks this week. And then there's kind of the other people who don't have quite the right combination <laughs> of players who are getting that score like 99 percenters who are getting that score by like 40 or 50 points, uh, you know, versus their competition right now. And so, uh, we're starting to get a lot of questions like, what am I even playing for? Uh, when is the time to take a risk? And so, uh, the topic of this week's episode will be, uh, second half strategy. Uh, so that, that includes, you know, planning for the wild cards, uh, includes, you know, figuring out what to play for when you're 180 points back in your, in your mini league. It's, you know, it's, you know, when, when to play, you know, your chips and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, we're going to get to that in just a moment. Uh, first we have a meltdown of the week, Josh. Yep. Uppercut Panda. He writes us and says, this goes back to the, what we we're just talking about defense. Uppercut says, I'm still not over Nathan Ake, sad face. And listen, you, you speak for everyone there, Shepo. Uh, I still have, I'm not over Ake yet because he's going to be riding my bench, presumably for the rest of the season. <laughs> uh, his value has turned out to be a real problem because he was so cheap to begin with and now he's sunk like a stone and uh, it's getting harder and harder to to get him out of your squad. Let's see. Ake is now down to four point one. It's 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 oh. just really devastating. So I don't know how I'm going to get him out. And if I ever if I need to get Diego Costa into the front line, um, I'll have to I'll have to cut cut funds elsewhere. So yeah, yeah I, I hear you. I Nathan think they're going to have to. They're going to have to change the, the price structure a little bit, or the the way that they you know calculate price rises involves a little bit next year because it, it seems like you know for someone like Ake who is. 
you know, a like well, a small ownership differential risk. You know, someone that you picked up um, because he was you know starting and he was growing goals and he was such good value, and you got him at four point three. He really sh- you like he shouldn't be allowed to fall to four point one, you know, or the, or like it should he should have climbed higher when everybody else had him, you know, you should have been like he should have been at five or something, you know, and it feels like you didn't get the proper reward for bringing a player like him in early, yeah, well, you know, I, sort of ahead I, of the yeah. price rise. I don't disagree with you, but you could easily make the counter argument of this is. For better or worse, it's an aspect of the game, and you have to play it this way, or else you get burned. And you, you honestly should have sold Ake, and you mm. should have known this would happen to his value. So those who sold him, uh, that was a smart move. So I, I, I don't know. I could see it both ways. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So you're not one of the smart ones. I, I agree. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I guess I just <laughs> I admitted to being a dummy. <laughs> Hail cheaters, Super League. Moving right along here, Brandon. Because uh, I want, I want to get to the the meat of this episode. So let's let's, let's run through the Hail Cheater Super League real quick. We've got a new number one. New number one. All right, I'll run through real quick. Bart Warth Helgeson, Reykjavik runners at number one, scored sixty six points on the game week. Uh, well done, Bart. Uh, at two, it's Eat the Kapoo, Patrick Connolly. Number three, The Wire. That's Keelan McCardle's squad. A team, Arshin Badawala, sticking firm at number four. Fifth place, FC Carcelona. That's Caroline Brady. That's uh, a new new number one, yeah, I believe. I like new, that, that is new entry. A, and a huge game week score from Caroline at 89 points game week. 22. Well done. I, Caroline, thank you for, for jumping into the top 10. Thank you for being a new, you know, I don't know. Are you a new listener? You should never ask us a question in the podcast, at least. <laughs> don't let the somber tone of this week's episode uh, set you back too much. Normally, we're a little more upbeat, I would say, Brandon. I think yeah, uh, true. I'm trying to I'm trying to get myself, you know, I, I'm trying to get motivated myself about the rest of the season. Are we, are we, yeah, well, there's, I guess there, maybe there's like a cabin fever. Well, we're not even there yet. I feel, feel like cabin fever sets in in late February, early March. So we right, we right. need to really raise our game in the next, <laughs> the next month if we're not going to fall off of a cliff. All right, let's finish out the top ten. Uh, tied at number five with Caroline, it's uh, Jake Conyard. His team, Laro, scored 63 points on the game week. Seventh place, it's creamy Brian O'Shea. Eighth place, falling down the pecking order here, David Fellheim's the cuddly, cuddly koalas. Tough game week here for David at 42 points. Ninth place, it's uh, Juve Goza Friend. Fabulous team name by, by uh, <laughs> Keir Randall. Mm-hmm. Uh, 59 points. And in 10th place, it's uh, Validus FC, Matt Bennett, 64 points on the game week. So there it is. You can always join the Hail Cheaters Super League if you haven't already. Uh, just go to our website, alwayscheating.com, click the league page, or the uh, code is all across our social media. Yep. And I uh, just want to add on here, Brandon, the uh, Patreon League. We are down to just 10 people in the Survivor Knockout Pool. Uh, we we've kind got, of I thought think maybe there could be, um, because this is probably a lot of people's first time playing a suicide pool, that a lot of people could get knocked out really early. And maybe we need to start up another suicide pool for the second third of the, or the third third of the season. Yeah, if you're interested in that, let us know. Um, anybody who's who's already donated to the Patreon League would 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 be an automatic entry in that, obviously. But uh, if you didn't get a chance during the first time around and you're interested, uh, let us know, and uh, and maybe we'll start another one of those up. But that all, all that said, we still have ten people left, Brandon. I mean, this could be the toughest of the toughest. It could be. They could they could string it along <laughs> for the rest of the yeah. season, make me we eat my lost, words. 
Yeah, forty percent of the knockout league was was knocked out with that Liverpool Swansea game. So uh, ten left. You and I are both knocked out. Yeah, I got uh, knocked out in game week twenty one. I picked Bournemouth to beat uh, Hull, and you know we we know how that went. Yeah, and the winner is invited to be on the pod, so uh, we may have a Survivor League on here sometime soon. Survivor League winner that you is. You better be a wildly charismatic person, whoever you are, that wins the suicide <laughs> with, with a, a very strong internet connection. <laughs> uh, and then in the uh, in the Hail Cheater second half league, uh, Cyril Anders, Emmett Sutton, and Andrew Pop are uh, first, second, and third in the uh, second half league. And uh, Emmett Sutton, uh, just to give him a quick shout out, he's been very active on the uh, Facebook page. So. Uh, thank you for that, Emmett. And uh, you can actually still join that second half league if you want. Uh, you just have to go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, and we've actually added a few people just this week. Uh, Kat Mortensen, who's been uh, really nice to us on, on Twitter, I have to say. Really um, cool, uh, cool, gen- cool generous with Kat. Yeah. Um, and uh, Kem Vardar, or is that Sem? Would you say Kem, C-E-M, Vardar? I'd go, I'd go Kim, but I need, I need more context here. I need to know what part of the world this man is from, or this woman, for that matter. And uh, Bjart Watna Helgeson, uh, Gabriel Cassianos, and Daniel Sherwood have all, have all joined in the last uh, week or so. So uh, thanks to all you guys. Awesome. It's not enough for Bjart to be number one in the Hail Cheaters Super League. He also <laughs> wants to be number one in our hearts. So good. Yeah, thank, <laughs> yeah thanks, Bart. <laughs> thanks, Bjart. Excuse me. <laughs> I want to say Bart. You know, it's the Simpsons thing. Sure, I mean, but it's a potato potato thing, right? Yeah, right, Bjart. You know, you don't mind if someone just calls you a totally different name for your name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's enough jibber jabber, Josh. Uh, let's take a quick break, and we're going to come back with topic number one: planning for the rest of your FPL season. All right, let's do it. Same old podcast, always All right, Brandon, we're back. Topic number one, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, is about planning for the rest of the season. Uh, Lots of different ways to to take this category. Uh, Let's start with FPL Stato, who says, What did you want to achieve this this season with your overall rank, and is this still attainable? Top 100K? Top 10K? Uh, we've talked about this a little bit before. My goal was is, is top one k, uh, just because I've, I've you know I finished two seasons. You know, one, once was inside the top two k, and then once was just outside. So um, you know, you always want to kind of take a, one more step further. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, that is completely out of the out of their own possibility for me, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, are you are you readjusting the the sites then? A top one hundred k is certainly still feasible. Yeah, exactly. I, I had a pretty rough start to last season, and I finished inside the top one hundred k. So, uh, you know, it can be done again. Uh, so that that's what I'm aiming for. Top one hundred k. Top one hundred k still puts you in the top. You know, I don't know, two percentile or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's. Yes, as far as the millions of people playing the FPL game, it's pretty damn good if you're finishing right. in the top 100K. You, you, no right. one would look right. askance at you, except right. the most hard of the hardcore. Like you. Well, yeah, so uh, we were talking to Jeff Petter uh, in this this lovely city of New York uh, during the Spurs City game, and he asked me, now, Brandon, what's up with the Fulhams, uh, being a Fulham supporter? And I had to explain to Jeff that it sort of appealed to my sensibilities. I've heard Fulham fans described as uh, geology teachers. And <laughs> Fulham, even even after being relegated to the championship, it seems their ultimate goal is, as it was in the Premier League, to finish like like aesthetically as most near to the middle of the table as, as possible. 
So my my goal, my initial goal is always like have the best season ever. I would love to finish in the top 1K. I, I my first goal though would be to finish in the top 10K, which I've never done. The highest rank I've had is uh, twenty nine thousand nine hundred seventy two mm-hmm. to be exact. Um, and I've never not finished outside the 100 top 100 K except for the first season that we played FPL in which I was like, what is this game? How do you play it? (laughs) Um, so I, I, I really don't think that that is going to happen to me this season. Let's see right now. I, I have a pretty, um, a pretty grim overall ranking. It's uh, three hundred and ninety-seven thousand. That's not that bad. It's not that bad. I can. Uh, I'll. I. I feel like I'll. I'll handily slip into the top one hundred k. It's. Yeah, it's now, the it's top. now down to just like waiting for these double game weeks to come <laughs> yeah. through. Where because I feel like we're we're fighting up for for the. I mean, I guess for everybody, you're kind of still fighting upstream at right. this point of the season. There are still a lot of dead teams that are are doing pretty well because Ibrahimovic has been very consistent, things like this. So you'll have a good week and you'll you'll hit a huge green arrow. And then if you have a bad week against template teams, like even dead teams, you'll you'll still fall. So there's still that battle you're fighting. Yeah, and, and there, you know, I'm sort of turning my head to the head-to-heads a little bit more, you know, and trying to uh, not worry quite so much about overall rank. I mean, you know, you and I have a 50 buck cup, which uh, we've done three, this is our third year doing it. And that's just a, a little head to head that you and I do with each other for $50, which is, you know, like it's a nice amount, you know, it's like a good solid <laughs> chunk of money. It's not going to like, we're not like taking on a mortgage with it or something, but it's just enough to make things interesting. I mean, let's be honest though, Josh, it's never about the money. I mean, we're, no. we're, we're both like uh diseased competitive people <laughs> that uh, we, yeah, I, I, mean, would, I would set fire to that $50. Uh, I mean, if the winner, if, if all the winner got to do was, was give the other person open handed slap in the face, <laughs> I would be just as eager to win the, uh, the head to head, maybe more actually, maybe a little bit more. Wow. So, okay. uh, well, I get to yeah. take my glasses off first. <laughs> No, no, that's the rule. <laughs> so I think that, uh, yeah, so I, I'm focusing a little more on the head-to-heads. You, you always have to find something to play for. You know, there's there's always something. I, you know, the second you know, join our second half league. You know, it's only, we're only three weeks in, and, you know, that's a way that, for anybody who doesn't know, that, that takes the score starting in game week 19. So, um, you know, that's, that's not too far away. Or, 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 you know, start a head-to-head with a friend. You know, you can start head-to-head leagues anytime. So, you know, if you and a friend are both having a bad season, then – you know, and there's what 16 weeks to go this year. Start a 16 week league with each other, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll do you one better, Josh. Invite a friend to FPL that's never played FPL before, and just <laughs> beat their ass for the rest of the season. Right, that'll, I that'll think make, I, that'll make you feel really good. Yeah, I don't know. Considering how I'm consistently performing against average this season, uh, that would be <laughs> that that'd might be even make you feel even worse. <laughs> yeah, but like you know, our head to head, I'm actually I'm actually winning that. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, uh, what is it, uh, eleven to ten or whatever it is? Not um, for long, buddy boy. Yeah, maybe maybe not, but but you know, nonetheless. So it's, you know, there there are, there's always something to play for, uh, even if you have to find some some new way of looking at the game you know so yeah it's always the way i try to play but you know you have to shift your uh priorities we'll get away from the like uh, cosmic messaging here in a second but i just want to say like I'm, i'm generally a skeptic and a pessimist in life but with the fpl i feel like you just have to appreciate the fact that this is meant to be fun so if you're having a terrible season again like like you're saying josh sort of refocus 
additionally, like it's so not too late if you're somewhere in the top million to to approach the top 100k. So stay positive, stay focused. Yeah, exactly. All you have to do is is you know you're certainly not alone if you're having a rough season. I mean, you know, some of the people who are who are not having great seasons are people that I consider some of the top you know thinkers, some of the smartest people who are playing the game, you know, um, who also have a Twitter feed that I follow, uh, you know, so yeah, I think that it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's no big deal. I agree. It's no big deal. Uh, on Twitter, Hagsfrud, uh, sends us a message. When do I start making gamble moves to catch up 70 points in my main mini league? Okay. So now we're, now we're getting a little bit more precise here. Um, where we've refocused our goals. Now, when do we start to gamble? Right. Uh, not any 70 points is nothing. Uh, I, you know, I, I wouldn't start thinking about gamble moves for like 10 more weeks. Um, oh, yeah, for I mean, sure. You, yeah. you have to just really sort of, uh, patch all the holes in your squad and make sure you have right. a, a tip top uh, squad right now. I think the gambles come. Yeah. in the, like the last 10 weeks of the season, if not uh, a little bit yeah. later. Yeah, and if you gamble, to, I mean, the the way to gamble is is at the margins. You know, you you don't gamble. You, there there are certain places that it's not wise to gamble right now. I, I, you know, you can't gamble and not have you know drop Alexis Sanchez for somebody. Uh, you know, or, or you, like you have to keep the most highly owned players even when you're gambling, or you're just going to fall so far behind that that you won't be able to catch up if they do anything. And the reason they're most highly owned is because they're consistently performing, right? So yeah. And you don't need every single one of these, but you know if you're going to gamble and drop Costa, Ibra, Alexis, whomever, you know um, a, your Chelsea defender, whatever, and it's really going to come back to haunt you because any given game week, you know, two or more of those four, to name the four that I just named, are, are going to do something, you know, and that's going to hurt you every time that they perform. So um, I would be gambling in that five million range, you know, if you're your third or fourth you know, uh, defender, I'd be gambling with maybe your second defender, maybe your third striker. Um, you know, they're like the spots where you can find a lot of value and, you know, you're not trying to make that 70 points up in one game week. You're trying to make it up 15 points here, 20 points there, you know, and you know, within three or four game weeks, you know, it's that you've, you've taken, you've gotten rid of that deficit. Yeah. And to that point, if, if you're moving in those increments, it can even be less about the, um, the differential players you're bringing into your squad, but the differential captaincy choices that you're making. Right. So yeah. choose like, like game week 23 coming up there. There are a couple of good captaincy options, be it Sanchez or Ibra, but they're not like bang on. So you say, go to fantasy football scout and see the way that wind is blowing with the captaincy poll there and choose the second the second vote getter instead of the first vote getter for your captaincy option, and if you strike it, if you strike it the right way, then you're going to make up a lot of points. I agree. I have nothing more to say or add. <laughs> you can't add uh, to that. That's just common sense. The Super League's number one, Bjarne Helgeson, Patreon supporter as well, says, "How many points do you think it's reasonable to expect from the bench boost chip in a double game week?" I was thinking about this one, Josh, and I started thinking in sort of defender increments of of six-point chunks and thinking of how unreasonable it is to expect that your bench defender would get two clean sheets in a double game week. So using this logic, I'm thinking that maybe best-case scenario, 
all four players on your bench are averaging between five and ten points in that in that uh, game week. So I'd say you're doing pretty well if you're in the 20 to 25 point range for your bench. Yeah. And even five to 10 seems a little high to me. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Least, it is kind yeah, of ambitious. Because there, yeah, there is especially with defenders. at least one player on that bench that's going to get uh, like three three sure. points max if you have you know if you have if you have a mod or something right i mean you could have a player who has a, especially with double game weeks you know as we know uh double game weeks tend to be uh, there tend to be tends to be a rotation we saw this taken to an extreme last year especially with liverpool so you know you never really know if if those players are actually going to play anyway um i feel like peter blake on twitter i think just wrote an article about this and so uh maybe we'll link to that uh on the facebook page so that people can uh people can check it out i feel like this is a question that i can't really answer without looking at Last year's, you know, I don't know. I feel like I need to look at numbers a little more, and um, it's hard for me to to put a real number on this, partially because it's so dependent on. Uh, I mean, not to like totally punt on answering it, but it just depends on who's playing, you know, and what yeah, your team the, looks the, like. And the tricky thing with bench boost. So last season was the first season we had this chip, as we all know, and everyone played that bench boost chip part and parcel with their winter wild card or their second half of the season wild card in order to maximize the bench boost chip so i there that that season last season could even be an outlier um for the way where that double game week fell. Uh, i hope it doesn't if this season yeah plays out the way last season did where every double game week was you know, in game week 34 or 37, that will drive me crazy. That was so boring. Yeah. I, I, I want double game weeks as soon as possible. Like we need this game needs, you know, I don't know. It needs we're a close little, like, and we're close yeah. now that the uh, the cup final is almost in our hands. Exactly. We need the jumper cables on this thing. I mean, yeah, it looks like it's going to be Southampton and uh, and Man United, and assuming that Man United, you know, finishes it off tomorrow. Uh, so there will be some double game weeks coming up in the horizon, but you know, that's all to be determined. And you know, I know that there are, are very smart. You know, every year there there are a couple of very smart people who map out the like sixteen hundred different combinations mm-hmm. and like things to play for. But it, it just makes my head spin, and it's just you know we all. You know, once we find out when they are, then you can begin planning accordingly. But I, I think it's really tricky to, to. I think you can overdo it. You know, you're like, oh, well, now I know that, um, you know, whomever, you know, that Arsenal is going to have an open game week. I think they play Southampton and, yeah. um, you know, what whatever that game week was, 28 or something. So, yeah. uh, okay, so I don't want to double up on these guys, but you don't really, you don't know when. I mean, sometimes they end up playing that makeup game just two days later. You know, and you don't miss a game week at all. So um, it depends on when it falls with the Champions League and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, so we'll see. You've made the perfect segue to Jeff Ives' question. What do you think of favoring on teams that aren't in European competitions for the rest of the season, like Chelsea, Everton, et cetera? So this is something we've kind of uh, forgotten about. We, we came through the festive period. Now we've been talking about the transfer window. And in a blink of an eye, Champions League is going to be back on, and that's impacting Arsenal. It's am- impacting Man City, and who else is it impacting? Well, Spurs. Uh, Spurs they're playing are in the Europa, Europa League. League, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Arsenal, Man City, and uh, and 
And Lester, oh, Lester. Lester. <laughs> I know. That, is, that is a that was a very telling pause that we forgot Lester, <laughs> lowly Lester City. I know. I hope that if they win the Champions, they can get relegated in the same season. That would be so amazing. That would. It would be. I, like, I mean, I, I am all for I, that. I don't wish it on them. But I kind of actually, it'd, it'd be worth it, right? Want, yeah, I don't want them to win the Champions League unless they get relegated because the story just isn't as cool. Yeah, Some, and they can't. I know that they're falling down the table, but I. This that team, especially when they get. I mean, they're 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 totally screwed right now because the African Cup of Nations. But I, I think when they get, you know, when they get Slimani and Mares back, I, I they'll rattle off three wins in a row and in March or whatever, and they'll stay up. And you know, the sad that, thing yeah. is though, they're they're going to lose everybody this summer. You know, I mean, every good player is going to leave that squad. Yeah, next season is going to be the real trial. Uh, right. Yeah, so everything's going to go through Danny Simpson next year. <laughs> yeah, playing up top, Danny Simpson. <laughs> They'll, they'll uh, also be helped out by the fact that there are so many terrible teams uh, immediately below them in the table. Right, exactly. Like, do we honestly think that Leicester is going to finish below uh, Swansea and, uh, you know, Crystal Palace and yeah. Sunderland? I mean, it's impossible. Hull, for that matter. I mean, there's, I just can't see it happening. I mean, as, yeah. as bad as they've looked the last couple of game weeks. Yeah. To Jeff's question, though, I mean, there are, there are two teams in particular that jump out at you. Obviously, Chelsea and Liverpool. Liverpool, now that they're out of the... Um, the cup and waiting for let's see how far Senegal goes in the African Cup of Nations. But once Mane gets back to that Liverpool squad, assuming Coutinho and the rest of the gang are all healthy, um, I wouldn't expect a whole lot of rotation. Yeah, I, expect, I think like all all that Liverpool rotation we saw at the end of last season was due to the fact that Klopp thought very well that he could win the Europa League, which right. he nearly did, almost did, yeah. Uh, I agree. I mean, I, in general, yeah. If you, if you know, especially with Chelsea uh, playing, so, you know, probably going to win the league this year, uh, or at least you know, finish in the top two or three. Uh, yeah, and you know, they're they're playing really well, and there's no rotation risk. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a no it's a no brainer. I mean, it's amazing because you know, Alonso, the one player everyone was worried about, uh, now seems completely locked on. Right? I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, two goals and two clean sheets in the last two weeks. I mean, he's not going anywhere. No, he's not going anywhere. And Man Man City, I think, is the one problem team. Like, assuming Man City starts doing better in the league and you'd actually want to bring some of their players in, and, and who knows if that will even be the case, they seem to be the one team that's most prone to rotation, whereas Arsenal still in the Champions League. Wenger doesn't rotate all that much, except right. in these midfield positions where you're not really investing in your FPL side. Yeah, defense I, I, isn't prone to rotation too much. Alexis yep. is going to play every game if he's healthy. Yeah, Montreal has rotated with Kieran Gibbs a little bit, but yeah, um, yeah, Alexis isn't going. Alexis is just going to play like sixty games this year. I mean, I think Wenger knows that he's probably going to leave this summer, so he's just going to milk him, you know, for every. Yeah, every fiber in his body is going to is going to go into the. You know, he wants to play, right? So, so why not? Yeah. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson says, uh, playing four in the back. I uh, hear there are more clean sheets in the second half of the season than the first. Uh, so it's four four two an option with guys like uh, Brunt, Alonzo, Coleman, et cetera, playing basically as midfielders. Uh, just want to tag on here because Emmett Sutton had responded and said, um, 
uh, it said West Brom defender is only worth having uh, when at home. Uh, Brent has a crazy 52 points uh, in the last in the last six home games. Oh my god! But only eight points in his last six away. So uh, it's pretty stark, isn't it? That's a pretty pretty that, that that's a Burnley esque contrast between home and away. Let's see. I'm trying to do the math here on uh, 52 points from six games. Yeah, it's like seven and a half. That's, yeah, it's, that's, it's that's a lot. Intense. Yeah, yeah. it was really intense. I'm all for the four four two. Why not? I've got yeah. I, I've got nothing bad to say about the four four two. Yeah, I agree. Or no, it's eight and a half. By the way, because right, eight times six is forty eight, and yeah, that's that's why you're much better doing it math out of hand than I am. Uh, I think it's from from your days playing poker or something. Like that. <laughs> But what do you um, think yeah. about the four four two? Well, you know, I, 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 we talked about this uh, on the last last week's podcast, actually. But you know, he may have missed it because it was an hour six or something. <laughs> uh, but I was advocating for a four three three. I think that uh, I think that you know, the, given Lukaku and Andy Carroll and some of the other uh, third striker options, that uh, you could. Um, you could play three, three pretty, pretty solid, consistent, you know, consistently scoring forwards. Yeah. Uh, and then you could play, you know, one, you know, probably Alexis and one Spurs midfielder, and maybe even two Spurs midfielders. You know, Allen Erickson. Uh, and then you could do four at the back. And um, a couple people actually showed us their teams with uh, four three three, and it's definitely doable. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I well, would. You, would you rather four four two or four three three? Well, I mean, the other option I would think about would be three five two and i I, uh-huh. I i tend to think about attacking players being safer options because defenders can just wipe out uh you know as you saw with monreal this weekend just at the last possible minute on a fluke all their points get totally wiped off the board so if if you're not going to go three strikers why not do five midfielders and two strikers and you have more attacking potential but I yeah. was, I, I, we now live in the era of the modern wingback, and uh, these defenders like the like Alonzo, like Brunt, like Danny Rose and Kyle Walker, they just are hoovering up points uh, all over the pitch, and you're almost more likely to get attacking points from these types of defenders than you are from the yeah. Etienne Capuz of the world. And you know, and I've been playing a five-five-one this year, which may explain why I've had some struggles. You know, it's really uh, it's really avant-garde approach, but somebody had it to is. try it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, five five defenders. Um, you know, Amat not playing very much has definitely hurt the rotation a little. Or, you know, hurt sure, the. Sure. <laughs> yeah, you're, you've been auto subbing in um, Danny Ings or something like that. Yeah, no, it's actually it's been Ebro who's been coming in, so it's it's worked out well. Oh, wow. <laughs> Some might say foresight, uh, others might say idiocy. Uh, Alex Ball says midfield must haves and must not haves for the rest of the season. Thank you kindly. Now I think this is uh, it's is worthy of a, of its own section, on a, a, you know, on a, a later podcast. But um, if you had to name a couple, Brandon, who would you name? Uh, Alexis Sanchez is yep. a must-have. Right, uh, a a Spurs midfielder. Yes, yeah, everyone's talking about Ali or Erickson. That those are your choices there. And beyond that, uh, those seem to be like the most clear cut yeah. options. You you look at the other. I mean, Chelsea even Hazard sinking like a stone in everyone's estimations. Almost true to form the last right. couple of seasons. Right. I, I guess you can start recommending Pedro or Victor Moses 
there. But I think if you're going to go attack with Chelsea, Diego Costa is probably all that you need. I wouldn't consider Chelsea midfield uh, must have. Not at not at not at uh, Hazard's price. Yeah, uh, yeah, not must have certainly. Um, and yeah, I think that you know ultimately, I think a Liverpool midfielder will will make their way onto this list. Yeah, but, that's uh, true. I t- totally totally forgot about Liverpool. Yeah. I mean, it, it, we've gone from that's the right. Coutinho Firmino season to them sort of being left behind, but there's no way it stays yeah. like that. No, especially when Mane gets back. I mean, Firmino did have the brace, but um, he's he's been pretty disappointing, you know, otherwise. I mean, he's been, he's been involved in the attack a lot, but um, he didn't really have his you know, shooting boots on until, until right. this game wakes so. up. So this question harkens back to what we were saying earlier about um, making up your the ground in your mini-league on the margins. So mm-hmm. your must-haves are, are Sanchez, a Spurs midfielder, a Liverpool midfielder, and the rest is up to you. And the rest is probably how you're going to end up winning your mini league. Right. And, you know, I think that I, to me, I, I feel like one of the strategies would be to, to invest in, um, a more expensive forward line. I think that a lot of managers are going with a three, five, two right now. And it's a chance to have, you know, one, I mean, you could have Ibra, Lukaku and Kane across your front line, or you could have, you know, Ibra, Costa, I don't know if you get any people across to Kane, but certainly, you know, Lukaku to me is is just he's just cheap enough that you can have him along with two other top strikers, and uh, that might be you know a way to go there um, because you know it's always kind of tricky to to you know to expect uh, you know Andre Gray or yeah, or whomever right. to, to right. consistently deliver. Right, so right, right. you know I, that might be a way to do it, but um, you know I think uh, I guess just to just to yeah. give two names real quick that I th- I think of um, second tier midfielders would be Matty Phillips and Mikel Antonio would be the two that I would immediately right. look to. Yeah, filling in those holes in your midfield, particularly Matt Phillips, who appears to be such a consistent attacking force in that West Brom attack. And their run of fixtures coming up is really sensational with yeah. the Burger, Stoke, West Ham, Bournemouth, Crystal Palace all coming up through game week 27. Yeah, yeah, good point. Uh, all right, last question in this section, Josh. It comes from Brad Below. Uh, he says, wildcard strategy, go now or wait till double game weeks. When do we find out about the double game weeks and who plays when? Thanks. Okay. Uh, how do you respond to Brad here? When do we, when do we find out about these these esteemed double game weeks? I think when you play the wild card depends on where you are in your league. Uh, I think that if you, I, I would at least wait until you like until the first round of double game weeks are announced uh, before I before I started thinking about playing my second half wild card. Uh, I mean, it's still it's still relatively new. You know, it's only the second year where you can play the wild card at any time in the second half of the season. It used to be you had to play it by the end of January, uh, and we would all tell ourselves we were going to wait until the end, and we'd all play it the first week of January. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, which I, I kind of miss it a little bit. You know, it was a great way to reset your team. Uh, but I think that if you are ahead in your league, I would wait as long as possible to play my wild card. If you are behind, I would wait until they've announced the double game. Because then I would probably play it shortly thereafter because uh, I felt like I waited too long last season to play my wild card. I was trying to, I was trying to, you know, make up some ground and I just, I, I kind of fell in with the, with the prevailing logic, which was something like wild card in game week 33, triple captain in game week 34 bench boost in game week. It was like, we all played the same way. And for me to just follow that logic meant that I wasn't gaining any ground really, because, you know, I ended up bringing all the same players everybody else had. And, you know, I, I performed well, but, um, 
you know, but what I needed to happen was for me to have some players that weren't highly owned perform well and the players that were highly owned not perform well. So right. in a case like last year, I actually, there was no way I could, I could have won. There was no strategy that would have done it for me, but it's a new year. I mean, who knows? Right. I mean, this yeah. could like, maybe this year, Victor Moses, like, you know, goes on, you know, Matt Phillips for that matter. Right. He's had a couple double digit game weeks. You know, yeah. someone like him goes for, you know, 25 points a double game week or something like that. You know, you don't need, you know, as we said, you know, earlier on, you don't need to make up a hundred points. You just need to make up 25 here, 15 there, you know, and so on. Well, uh, your, your, your double game week, uh, a few seasons ago where you had, uh, Christian Benteke and Charlie Austin, I can't remember which one you captain, but they, Right. But, but no one had taken, it was like, a, it was a weird double game week because the only two teams that were playing twice were, uh, Aston Villa and, yeah, two, two uh, of the worst teams QPR. in the league. And you just doubled down on, on those teams. Yeah. Cause I was well over a hundred points and, uh, down in our mini league that year and I ended up winning it, uh, the last week of the season. So, uh, you know, definitely can be done. Yeah. Yeah. I agree that you definitely need sooner the better, but you, you'd be a fool to play it before the double game weeks are announced because you at least have to have an eye toward them. Even if you're not playing them immediately before. Right. Exactly. And I, I, but don't wait too long. I think, you know, if you're down, if you're up, then, then you should wait as long as possible because, uh, then you get to see, you know, what everybody else does. It's the advantage of being ahead. All righty, Josh, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we're going to talk about the January transfer window. Same old podcast, always shading. And we're back and it's time for transfer talk. The window isn't quite closed yet, Josh, but we're close. Uh, so here we are talking about players who are moving around, a few new players that are coming into the FPL game. Kicking things off, we're going to talk about the Snodgrass um, what would you call it? soap opera? I guess. <laughs> yeah. Amar Quayam uh, asks us, "When do we uh, turn to Dea Mercy? Last season, he actually was the best triple captain choice for game week thirty-seven, despite <laughs> your jokes." Uh, how does yeah. how does the snod, possible Snodgrass move change how we approach Big Mo? I, I, it's his team now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, he's been knocking on the door. I mean, he scored what about ten, fifteen goals already this year, something like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Only half has of he them scored, scorpion. Has kicks. he scored a single goal? Does he even have an assist? Our, got, our love he of definitely, he definitely has an assist. Okay, because I feel like our love of Mbakani was was a little more justified last year. Like he was, he was sneaky okay last year. You know, well, Puffed yeah, and and the thing last goals. year, the thing last year too was that he unjust unjustly didn't get any playing time because he was right. playing behind Cameron Jerome, who was. It's terrible. <laughs> All right. Dia Mercy Mbikani on the season has two assists and no goals scored. Right. Last year he had seven goals and one assist. Uh, he's he's he actually currently away at the Everton Cup of Nations, too. So, uh, you know, I think I think long term, I think we'll all own Mbikani. Uh I think that he's going to be the most owned player in the league and probably the highest scoring. I mean, I know that he's he's getting a little bit of a late start. He's only on 23 points in the season. But uh I guess if you were a betting man, Brandon, do you think that Alexis Sanchez or Embakani will have more points by the end of the season? I mean, my prediction is that the ownership will go so high with Diamersi Embakani that he'll actually, in turn, own all of us. He'll he'll end up owning the four four odd million players around the world who have him in their squad. 
Wow, that's amazing. It's like a ghost in the machine sort of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Intense. Wow. All right, so uh, let's, let's be serious, though. Fat Gorilla says, Snodder's just signed for Burnley, or so we think. Is he more or less attractive as an option? Is Tom Davies going to play from now on? Uh, I, I don't know enough about Tom Davies to say one way or the other. I think that if, if, if Snodgrass signs for Burnley, he's actually probably less attractive. I mean, he wouldn't have free reign the way he did at Hull, where he was basically the only you know, player in that team. Uh, yeah. If he goes to West Ham, I find him to be more attractive. Uh, I could see him. He might still not be on pens though, right? I mean, Mike, Mark, Mark Noble is pretty, pretty locked into that, that penalty job there. So he is. Yeah. He's been, he's yeah. been around forever. So he, yeah, he'd be in free kicks. I mean, you could see him connecting well with, with Andy Carroll. Um, I mean, Snodgrass is a good player, but he's or, not. Or Antonio. I mean, he's yeah. I mean, it's not like Snodgrass is like a brand new commodity. I mean, he played for Norwich for years, and uh, you know, I know he was injured last season. Yeah, but you, I, you do wonder if it was just something about that fit for him at Hull and him being the big fish in the small pond, which, right. which gave to that FPL output. I, I think we need to right. know a little bit more. That said, West Ham, you know, if, if he goes to West Ham, they are a better team than Hull, obviously. Uh, his price is still very reasonable, right? He's like 5.4, 5.5 million. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, why not? I mean, I, I wouldn't, I would, certainly wouldn't drop him if he went to one of those squads. And yeah. uh, he could be a sneaky, great double game week player if West Ham gets a double game week. Yeah. This question of Tom Davies is kind of interesting to me, though. Having uh, watched him in that Man City game and he retained his starting position, uh, the following week, he looks great in that squad. But there are so many moving pieces right now in the midfield. With you know maybe Barry's on the way out, Schneiderlin's coming in. They have a, a few midfielders away at the African Cup of Nations. So you, I I wonder if it's his spot to lose, or right. if there is ro- yeah. maybe rotation to come. I, I'm just not realizing he's asking about. Uh, Tom Davies on uh, Everton. I was thinking of Curtis Davies, and oh, I was Curtis like, I was very, I was very confused. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know about Tom Davies either. I mean, he's really young, and uh, I feel like we saw this with James Ward Prowse a couple of years ago when um, when Coleman was at Southampton, and Prowse was not. Uh, he was he was about the same age as uh, mm-hmm. as Davies, and he was not a consistent starter. So yeah, that's very true. It's a, uh, it's an interesting comparison. Yeah, it's. Uh, I can't believe I, I pulled that out actually, but I, I think it's. I think it's an accurate one. We have we have some uh, some pretty knowledgeable Everton fans that listen to the podcast, and I, I'm sure they could point out the the differences in Ward Prowse's game and Tom Davies' game. But I, I think right. given that it's it's Coleman again and, and young young club talent, I think I think that's spot on. Siraj asks, "Hey, Siraj." What- what are your thoughts on Andre Gray as a third striker? I'll jump in here, Josh. I, I'm into it. Uh, <laughs> He's into it. I'm totally into it. I mean, they, they, uh, they do face Chelsea in game week 25, but they have pretty good fixtures apart from that with sure. Leicester, Watford, Hull, Swansea. And uh, I, you, you saw a little life in, in that squad against the Arsenal team. They were playing away, which they generally... Um, are okay, organized, I have, I, but but I have, kind of I have, terrible bone, I have a bone to pick here, Brandon, with the fixture difficulty rating system on the FPL website. Uh-huh. A in game week twenty six, the Hull away fixture is a two, and in game week twenty seven, the Swansea away fixture is a one. Now, I'm not sure. I I think that Hull is necessarily a more difficult place for Burnley to go than than Swansea. Uh, no, yeah, I those are those are ones. 
Did they yeah. not want two ones back to back or something? I don't know. That's that's strange. Yeah, they they definitely need a more like real time fixture difficulty rating. Yeah, I I like him too. Uh, I love I love his price. Are, are you thinking about bringing him in? Mm, no. Well, actually, I am not this coming week because. I I have plans, which we'll talk about at the end of the podcast. We talk about our transfers, but mm. I want to keep Giroux um, for this Watford home match. Mm-hmm. But I also want to bring in Kane. So mm-hmm. I'm looking to field Ibra Kane and Giroux in game week 23. But that's not. I don't think that that's going to be work for me long term because I need more right. money for my midfield. So I think Giroux will ultimately drop out for a guy like Andre Gray. And right now, Andre Gray is definitely in the top three in terms of third striker contention for me. Okay. Yep. No, that makes sense. Crystal Palace, Byron James, his name I forgot on last week's podcast. Felt very bad about that. He's the official barrister of the (laughs) OSG podcast. Uh, Byron says, uh, PVA at Crystal P, surely a must-have. Now, uh, this is the same Crystal Palace that can't keep a clean sheet, right? Like, yeah, that's that's, ever. that's the one. Yeah, you got it. You um, nailed it. <laughs> I mean, you know, I I, I guess uh, I'd be I'd be a little worried if I were um, <laughs> what's his name the uh, if I were Kelly right now. I mean, Martin Kelly oh, has yeah. uh, pro- probably played his last game of the season. Uh, I love uh, PBA. I mean, I like all the moves that Palace are making right now. Uh, the, yeah. They all seem to be like they're going to make them a stronger squad. I mean, they're, they're so pragmatic. I mean, these are the kind of moves that you need to be making when you're trying to stay up, right? You, yeah. you don't you don't try to find like a diamond in the rough in Europe. You try to find Premier League players who know how to play, um, I mean, some of these teams should be going to the championship right now, looking for you know, like players who got you know, who've been, who've been on relegated squads or something. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that. Um, my question I like about PBA. my yeah, question I, about I don't know. him though kind of is we've, we, we've only seen him play for Sunderland though, which Sunderland never has any good players. So does he shine on Sunderland because they they rarely have good attacking threats apart from Defoe? I, uh, I'm curious to see how he shapes up at a different team. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I like, I, I certainly like him as an option, but I think it's a wait and see. All right. Ken Rooney, what FPL price would make the all conquering Irishman, Robbie Brady worthwhile after he moves to palace? Hashtag uh, ball specialist. <laughs> how about like five point, you know, sometimes when they add players in January, they give them a like kind of weird price point. Like yeah. it's not always an even, you know, 0.5. So how about like 5.3 million? Doesn't that seem like the right amount? I mentioned this to Ken on Twitter, but I'm looking for 4.1 because I have a 4.1 <laughs> vacancy in my midfield right now. And there, there yeah. is no one to fill it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, somewhere sub five point five is, is is where I would think about bringing in. Uh, I mean, Brady is okay. Like, he, I so mean, like, this we've is seen another, Brady in the league many times before. Yeah, and him be, I mean, Ken mentions that Robbie Brady is a dead ball specialist, but uh, looking at Palace, I don't know where that puts Kabai because Kabai is is the continental, you know dead ball deliverer on that team i've watched the last three crystal palace matches nobody wins nobody gets a foul outside the box i mean i've not seen <laughs> anybody and benteke like is never over there i uh that crystal palace team is no fun to watch uh everton let's move on to a team that's more fun to watch brandon everton okay. 
Dave, Dave. Yeah, Dave. Wagner Lodal, Patreon supporter, says uh, Bane's pens versus Coleman doing Coleman stuff. It's This is a total toss-up. We've seen this question a couple times, and it's sort of the unanswerable question, right? Because one weekend, as we've as we've seen, one weekend Baines will get the goal, one weekend Coleman will get the goal. Yeah. I mean, I guess you have to go – because they're exactly the same price, I would be more inclined to go with Baines – if only because of the penalty thing, right? I mean, because yeah. he can still he can still get assists as yeah. well, and, you know. But every yeah. now and then he's going to pick up an extra six points. And I know I know Lukaku has sort of taken this over, but Baines used to be the only one on that team that was taking uh, uh, free kicks like 20, 20 yards outside of the goal mouth. Yeah, that's true too. So um, yeah, but I think uh, you can't really go wrong with either player. So it's it's kind of it's a little hair splitting, but I I think yeah. Baines. Can- just ahead. Okay, so perhaps I, I think we agree that you go with Baines, but maybe the other question is, do you have a mini league competitor? And if they have Coleman, then you go Baines and vice versa. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's I think it's early enough that you okay. just go with the player you think is going to do the best. I mean, a few weeks from now, maybe. Okay. Uh, Anders says, "Is it time to show Barkley some love?" No. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Uh, Juicy Carrera says, "Midfielder around seven point." Oh, Pedro, Antonio, or perhaps Barkley because right. of good Everton fixtures. Yeah. We're, get, we're getting late on. Anything to say about Barkley? Uh, we're getting late on time here. So let, let's just say Antonio is the midfielder I'd pick in this price range. And yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't care for Barkley, and I, I don't care for the way that he doesn't uh, try for 20 weeks at a time. Yeah. All right. Trans- or, he, he does try, but he's, he doesn't try in the right way or something. I mean, I, I, he's a frustrating player. All right, Josh, let's do a lightning round before we get to the Game Week 23 preview. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. Like, no more than like 20 seconds in each question. All right. Sigurd Excellence says Lorente or Carroll? Uh, or, uh, or generally third striker? Yeah, Carroll. Uh, or Andre Gray. <laughs> I mean, Lorente looked, looked really dominant uh, against Liverpool, so I wouldn't rule him out. I, yeah, they got tough fixtures coming up, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I kind of lean Gray just because of the price point, and Carroll has a groin strain. I'm past 20 seconds. James James Drury asks, would love to hear your opinions on Brock Toon or Brock Toon, and if uh, you have him, whether to keep him. Also, right. he sent us a great YouTube clip to this uh, rap group that has a song called F.U. Brock Toon. It's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, he's asking about Sergio Aguero, Sergio Brock Toon Aguero. Uh, get rid. <laughs> get rid of that. Everyone on that squad, just get out. Uh, they scored two goals in that game, and they were both crazy fluke goals. I mean, that team is a complete mess right now. Also, the uh, tension—the tension with him and uh, Jesus, or however we're pronouncing his name. Yeah, and Gabriel Jesus looked good. He, so, he did yeah. look. He he, yeah. he looked like Sergio Aguero when he first joined yeah. the league. Keep an eye on him, but uh, too early to tell. Yeah. All right, our friend FPL Cat. I've got Crouch as a third striker with Costa and Giroud. Do I play him or bench him? When he's good, he's pretty damn good. Yeah, I had, I had emailed Kat a follow-up to see what her fifth uh, midfielder is, because uh, without that question, it's too hard to say. Um, but I think I, I mean, I guess if her fourth defender is also really good. But isn't, Bar- uh, isn't Barahino gone to Stoke, though? Does this endanger Crouchy's starting berth? No. I mean, Barahino hasn't played in like three years. <laughs> yes, a fair point, fair point. Um, but, but Crouch, you know, Crouch is a fi- he's a fixture dependent player. You know, when they're playing Hall or Sunderland or whatever, start him. Uh, if not... Uh, you're probably looking at two points. And the final question, Josh, from FPL Kangaroo, would having Ollie, Kane, and Erickson be too much ahead of Spurs' next few fixtures, which are Sunderland, Burger, Liverpool? 
This is an easy question, Brandon. No, definitely not. Completely agree. Go all in on your Spurs player. I wouldn't uh, players, players, plural. I wouldn't mind having a defender. Uh, I wouldn't mind of, having a defender either. But yeah, you, sort you can't, of, you can't sort go of differentiate. But yeah, I agree. A- any goal they score, one of those three guys is probably going to be scoring or assisting. All right, Joshua, it's been real, but we have to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with our preview of Game Week 23. All right. Same old podcast, always cheating. All right, Brandon, we're back. Game Week 23, uh, no matches this weekend. Games are, this is why we're recording a little bit late. Uh, I also needed my little 72-hour mental health break. Uh, games are coming on a Tuesday and Wednesday of next week, the 31st of January and 1st of February. Uh, and I think I'm actually going to be able to watch the Tuesday matches, which is a nice treat for me as a, as an American. Uh, <laughs> so you say, you say that like, like we earned that right, uh, through overseas, through <laughs> the foreign election wars or, something. or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, no one's gonna have a job like a year into the Trump presidency. So, you know, I'll be able to watch a lot of matches in a couple of years. Uh, all right. So, um, clean sheet picks. We're bringing the premier league back to America though. Stick sick of sending those jobs overseas, man. <laughs> so not going through each fixture, Brandon, but just if we want to pick out uh, clean sheet picks for, for this game week, uh, I went man United last week on an away match to Stoke and that bit me. Um, so I, I'm hesitant to pick another away team, but my heart says Spurs Sunderland and Spurs are going to keep a clean sheet there. But then if I'm going against my away fixture rule that I just created right now on this podcast, <laughs> maybe I go Man United again against Hull. Sure, but, sure. But my heart, that's, that's, does, my heart does say uh, if you're starting a Spurs defender, it's going to be a good game week for you. Yeah, Man U Hall does seem like the uh, the clear pick there. Uh, captains, uh, I don't know. I, I think you got to go Alexis Sanchez. You do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Home to Watford. Watford yeah. bringing in some new transfers. Maybe they're going to be trying a few different things yeah. that might, might expose them. Right. Their oh, defense well, I mean, is kind of terrible as well. Let's not forget I mean, that. I guess I was pretty flip about that. I mean, you have Ibra at home to Hull, and you have, uh, Spurs defenders, uh, away to Sunderland. I mean, there are a lot of captain choices this game there, is, is yeah. this a game week to, to be a little different or? it could be yeah an ebra captaincy is probably going to be a differential i think the the herd will probably lean toward alexis but yeah. the, the thing with ebra is he he just seems to be the master of of scoring a goal and getting one bonus point my concern about that menu match would be that hull doesn't even try to win you know and that they they basically just try to get out of there with yeah. you know nil nil or or one you know like they're i mean they're already probably thinking about goal differential for the season so maybe they're you know maybe the goal is just to, to you know pack it and just ship as few goals as possible somebody was making this point on the fpl reddit site today as well somebody inquired about doing a triple captain for ebra against hull and Mm -hmm. um as legend has it like away keepers just always play out of their skin when they go to old trafford Mm -hmm. just think about tom heaton when burnley went to old trafford earlier this season and and Zlatan could couldn't get a shot past him as hard as he tried so yeah, it, it is a concern, but but it's Hull is terrible, and they're going down <laughs> yeah. the tubes. Yeah, so Ibra could be that differential cap. It's really a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah, I mean Arsenal to Watford or Manu at Hull. I, 
I guess they're both going to probably score. So, you know, you can't really go wrong. I, I feel like every time I say that, you can go wrong. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, uh, the, the, yeah. Like a zany Kyle Walker captaincy pick uh, would yeah. easily blow up in your face. Uh, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe wait and see what happens in the, in the you know, uh, FA Cup matches this weekend. It could be that. Uh, you know, one of the strikers gets rested, you know, or, or you know, Lexus or, or Ebra does. And maybe that influences your opinion a little bit. You know, I mean, one of them will be playing 180 day, 180 minutes and three days versus, you know, having a rest. So um, maybe it's a little too early to tell between those two. Kane away to Sunderland, too, is not a bad pick. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so many options. All right. Transfers this week. Josh, you've got a little work to do. What, what's your plan? Yeah, I, I already did my rage transfers. Uh, I I actually, I kind of had to do it uh, for, for pricing reasons, and I, so I'm glad. I'm actually glad it forced my hand. Uh, Aguero is out, and I brought in uh, Harry Kane, and Hazard is out, and I brought in Alexis Sanchez. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I kind of assumed you were going to make those moves, and those are, yeah, those are easy, no brainer, logical moves. moves. Yeah, yeah. So I like my team now. I mean, you know, uh, now, you know, now that I've been through the worst, you know, I mean, it's, it's a good looking team. My, my front line, you know, with Ibra, uh, Lukaku, and uh, and Kane is is really strong. But yeah, um, yeah I guess we'll see. Yeah, after the last game week, I immediately dropped Hazard and brought in Deli Ali. And mm-hmm. uh, I I had a plan in place to do three tra- – I, I had two frees going into game week 23. So um, I was thinking of burning four. So the plan was in place to do Hazard to Ali, then Arigi into Harry Kane. And that would leave me just enough cash to turn um, Etienne Capu into my new favorite midfielder, Tom Carroll on Swansea. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? I, I'm not going to burn four on three transfers this early in the game week transfer window. So I sat mm. on it. Harry Kane's value went up by 0.1, and now I'm 0.1 shy of making that, uh, that yep. move. Yep. So I, I think it's still on. I just now I have to get rid of Joe Allen, which is definitely not a worst case scenario. Yeah, I mean, and you really could keep Allen, right, for another week. I mean, yeah, you know, I would, home I would, to Everton. I, I would like to keep Joe Allen. I would like to keep him, but for me to for me to get Kane in, I have to get rid of Joe Allen. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it looks like that's going to be the case, and Capu is like a cockroach on my FPL team. I cannot get rid of him. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe he'll score away to Arsenal. I mean, God, Arsenal will find a way to concede a goal in every game. So. <laughs> Uh, all right, Brandon, that's it. I hope you're still listening. If you are, please, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes uh, and uh, find us on SoundCloud. You know, we mentioned, we talked a little bit more than usual about about, about SoundCloud on last week's episode of the podcast, and it feels like we've got a nice pickup in followers on there. And, um, you know, that's just nice because then we feel like if we're, you know, uh, you know, we, we know who's listening, you know, and <laughs> we see uh, you. Yeah. Uh, it's nice to know who the people are out there, you know, listening to the pod and subscribing. So, um, uh, for our, for our selfish data mining purposes, uh, please, please do this. Uh, we're not, you know, we're not really making any money off you. So, you know, do it for us, do it for Brandon, not even me. Do I'm begging Brandon. you. I'm begging you, yeah. please follow us on SoundCloud. <laughs> I'm begging you. Oh, you can also find us on Stitcher Radio, Josh. We're also on Google Play, Acast, mm-hmm. and TuneIn. Tune in. Tune in. Have you ever heard of TuneIn? Have you ever been on TuneIn.fm? I, 
I in fact have been on TuneIn, and I, I'm I'm very frustrated right now with my with the Apple Podcast app on my phone. It does not it's not downloading episodes as regularly as I would like. I feel like I have to go in there and manually do make it do it. Uh-huh. So uh, I am considering alternatives right now. Holy and, uh, crap! This just turned into like a 15 second ad for TuneIn. I have yeah. waiting for the check to come in. <laughs> yeah. All right, so subscribe to the podcast in all those places anywhere you, you uh, get your podcast, and don't forget you can participate in the always cheating community. Follow us on Twitter at mm-hmm. HellCheaters, Facebook.com slash Always Cheating. Send us an email uh, if you have any lengthy questions you want us to rate your team or whatnot. HailCheaters at gmail.com. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, rewards await you if you support the podcast through Patreon. Just go to Patreon.com slash Always Cheating, and there are many ways to support us there. Did I do you all right it. there, Josh? Cover, did we cover you, everything? You, you did. I just want to say, uh, Ambicani forever. Have mercy, Josh. Yeah, and hail cheaters, all of you. Hail cheaters. Good luck in game week 23. See you later. See ya. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-Month Emergency Food Kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com